It seems like Dylan White is a marked man because literally everybody's calling him out now. You got Martin Bacoli calling him out. You got Michael Hunter calling him out. You got Luis Ortiz calling him out. And I think there's a couple other guys as well. Now, all of these guys have called him out before, but never in such quick succession, at least not to my recollection. And this is for two reasons. One, because Dylan White is the next best thing in terms of a payday outside of the champions. So he's the next best thing to a champion in terms of a payday. And even if you don't get an amazing payday off Dylan White, if you beat him, you're probably going to get a very good payday after that. So that's one reason. And the second reason is because he's vulnerable. And he's always been vulnerable, but now he's more vulnerable than ever after getting sparked out by Povetkin. So all these guys, the Martin Bacolis of the world, the Michael Hunters, the Luis Ortizes, they're desperate to fight Dylan White at this point. Now, I know that in the case of Luis Ortiz, he got sparked out by Deontay Wilder too. But again, he saw Dylan White get sparked out. So he might have had a certain amount of confidence against Dylan White after he got sparked out by Wilder. But it, it, it levels the playing field. Now he's seen what uh, Dylan White get sparked out. <laughs> you know, so even more confidence in these guys that they can beat Dylan. Now with Luis Ortiz, he's talking about Dylan White or Povetkin. I've always liked the Luis Ortiz-Alexander Povetkin fight. Both guys are in their 40s. They had, Povetkin had a much better amateur background than Ortiz, but Ortiz was still an experienced amateur. They Ortiz actually fought in the weight division below Povetkin in the amateurs. Povetkin was a super heavyweight. Ortiz was a heavyweight. But I don't know. There's something I like about that fight. Maybe it's the old school, you know, communist thing, Cuba and Russia. There was a lot of cooperation in terms of training techniques and what have you during the Soviet era. And so many fantastic amateur boxers came out of the Soviet Union and uh, Cuba, of course. And, you know, maybe it would be like a, a battle royale between one of the top national, you know, from a national perspective, Luis Ortiz is one of the best fighters in the country in his weight division. He wasn't the best because he didn't turn out to be a top-level international amateur. But he was one of the best in his country, going up against the very best at super heavyweight for a long time in the amateurs, Alexander Povetkin, who came out of Russia. So I don't know, maybe maybe there's some nostalgia to do with that. Part of the reason why I like the fight so much, but also the technical aspect, because both guys are very technically good. And sometimes at the back end of fighters' careers, not when they're geriatric, and I know people are going to say these two are geriatric, but they're both still able to deliver devastating punches, especially Povetkin. So the reflexes have slowed, but both guys can still punch. Both guys still have technique. I'd like to see it. And don't get me wrong. I'd like to see Luis Ortiz versus Dylan White too. But for some reason, I like Ortiz Povetkin more. <laughs> Just from a stylistic point of view, I like it. But anyway, Povetkin is probably going to fight Dylan White next. Although it's not exactly locked in. And I certainly wouldn't be surprised if it didn't happen. But let's just see. Let me know what you guys think in the comments below about all these guys calling out Dylan White. Martin Bacoli calling him out. Michael Hunter calling him out. Luis Ortiz calling him out.
personally, I think Dylan White, if he can get over the Povetkin defeat and he isn't too psychologically damaged from it, and that's a big if, by the way. So if we're talking about the Dylan White prior to the Povetkin loss, I'm taking Dylan White over Bacoli. I wasn't impressed by Bacoli's uh, quote-unquote win over Sergey Kuzman. I, I wasn't impressed by his performance and I wasn't impressed by the so-called win. So I would take Dylan White over Bacoli based upon what I saw in that fight. Michael Hunter, I think it would be a competitive fight, a tough fight. But I just feel like Michael Hunter's extra speed, his movement, I think Michael Hunter would probably take it. So I would take Michael Hunter in that. Luis Ortiz versus Dylan White. Again, a lot, so much depends on how Dylan has recovered psychologically from the knockout. But Ortiz is an old man. Dylan White's right hand is not the best. And, you know, I had somebody in the comment section of one of the videos saying, Dylan White's right hand is good. He hurt Chisora with it and he did this with it and he did that with it. You misunderstand what I mean when I say his right hand is not the best. Dylan White's right hand, so a lot of the time he just pushes it out. He doesn't turn it over. I think he struggles to get the balance with the right hand because Dylan White's balance is not particularly good. If you watch Dylan White's feet, there are actually photos of this when he's in the ring. A lot of the time he's actually standing on his heels and his toes are off the canvas. I mean, that's terrible form in terms of balance. <laughs> there are pictures showing this. And you can just tell by the way Dylan White moves around. He doesn't have the best balance. And um, when he throws his right hand, if anybody throws a right hand, you want to get on the ball of your right foot if you want to get the most rotation and power in your right hand. Just give you a little tip here. You want to get on the ball of your right foot. So you don't want your foot to be flat. You want, if you're throwing a straight right hand, the ball of your, your, your foot to be on the canvas and your heel to be slightly off the canvas, then you can get better rotation into the shot. Dylan White's feet, when he's throwing the right hand, they're not doing that. Okay, so when you're fighting a southpaw, you're going to need to throw pinpoint right hands, spare it a moment, in the blink of an eye, when you see that he's made a mistake, bang, pinpoint right hand. Dylan White's right hand is not really pinpoint like that. When you fight an orthodox fighter, it's easier to land a right hand because it doesn't have to travel as far because the orthodox fighter's left, the left side of their body is closer to your right hand than with a southpaw. With a southpaw, they're, how can I explain it? The left side of their body is further back, yeah? So their head is, is further back and therefore your right hand has to travel further to land, generally speaking, against the southpaw, particularly a southpaw who fights side on like Luis Ortiz. If you're fighting a southpaw who squares up, then he gives away his southpaw advantage. But if you're fighting a southpaw who fights side on and he, he cocks that left hand and he waits to throw it as a counter like Ortiz does and many slick southpaws, that's what they do. And I'm not saying Ortiz is particularly slick, but you know that's what a lot of southpaws do. Your right hand has to travel further and it has to be accurate because if it's not accurate, you're going to get countered with a southpaw left. And for my money, Luis Ortiz's southpaw left is far more accurate and, and precise than Dylan White's straight right hand. So this is what you have to take into account. So I, I don't really, I'm not really convinced that Dylan White's got the kind of right hand that can deal with a southpaw easily. Perhaps he'll do it with a left hook. Some southpaws actually find 
dealing with left hooks more difficult than dealing with right hands. I remember Jim Watts said that. He always found that left hooks were more of an issue than right hands. So, you know, it depends on the southpaw. But Dylan White also relies on his jab a lot. And against southpaws, it's very difficult to get the jab off. They're usually jabbing you and you're finding it difficult to jab them. A lot of fighters, if you go back and watch Bernard Hopkins when he was fighting southpaws like Tarver and so on, he would throw virtually nothing other than straight right hands. Even Mayweather, when he fought a lot of southpaws, he would hardly throw jabs and other shots. He'd just rely purely on a straight right hand. A laser-like shot, which he was real quick with, and he would beat the southpaw at their own game, you know, landing the backhand. Dylan White doesn't have that level of right hand from what I've seen. Doesn't have the balance to deliver it as quickly as Ortiz delivers his left hand and so on. So I think it's an interesting fight. I think it's a fight where Dylan would need to probably push Ortiz back and rough him up to win. I think he'd probably need to do that. And that comes with danger, of course, because Luis Ortiz is, uh, even though he's old, he can still punch. And Dylan White has been knocked out by an old man recently. So dangerous, but I think that's probably what Dylan White would have to do. Not in a reckless way, but I do think he'd have to take his energy. You know, like when he fought Joseph Parker, he'd have to take that kind of energy he has and impose it on Ortiz cleverly, push him back, hurt him and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, rather than trying to play a long game and waiting for, because Ortiz is more formidable at long range than someone like Povetkin. Povetkin has to get up close. So that, so you can control things more at long range against Povetkin. But against Ortiz, he's better at long range than Povetkin. So I, I don't really like that strategy for Dylan White, just staying on the outside, you know, trying to land the right hand. Nah, I, I think he would have to, not necessarily have to, but I think he should. I think it would be better for him to go forward and, you know, smartly, but pressure Luis Ortiz. He's the younger guy. Get him into the trenches, push him back. Don't allow him to get his body weight forward where he can get more power on the shots. So anyway, that's my thoughts on that. Let me know your thoughts in the comments below. If you'd like to access all my boxing content advert free and enjoy the convenience of listening via a podcast app with the option to download in high quality MP3, then consider joining me on Patreon. In addition to the aforementioned perks, you'll also gain access to exclusive weekly live stream Q&A sessions and hangouts, as well as uncensored, no-holds-barred uploads, which are too blue for YouTube. This includes my popular Confessions of a Nightclub Bouncer series. Just head on over to my Patreon page and select the tier called Hatman Boxing Extra. There's no contract, there's no commitment, it's only £2.50 a month, and you can cancel at any time. So come and join our community of hardcore boxing enthusiasts by signing up with me here on Patreon today.